Hey listener, thanks for joining us today. You're listening to Pixels and Panels, a show where we take behind the scenes of the comic industry through conversations with your favorite creators and industry leaders. Have you ever wondered what actually happens behind the scenes at Naver Webtoon? Or what a comic editor does? We will answer all of those questions and more today with our guest, Dana Broder. Dana was one of the earliest editors at Webtoon, having worked with many originals projects such as Blades of Furry, Four Leaf, House of Stars, and Witch Creek Road. Hope you enjoy the listen. Hey, Dana, how's it going? Good, how are you? I am doing well. Thanks for taking some time to uh, join us today. My pleasure. So diving right in, what got you interested in comics? I have been reading comics since I was old enough to read. I started with the newspaper funnies. Um, When I was like five or six, I started, you know, I don't know if I was reading necessarily, but I was at least looking at the newspaper comics. Um, And, you know, the first comic I ever drew was like a redraw of like a Garfield strip. Um, so I, I've been reading comics for as long as I can remember. Um, I just sort of graduated from the newspaper to manga, you know, part of that era of kids whose parents just dropped them off at Barnes and Noble for three hours so they could just read in the manga section, uh, to web comics, to all comics. Yeah. So when you were a kid, what were some of your favorites? You mentioned Garfield. That's something that I've read a, a bunch of as well. Um, my favorites. I really loved Zitz. I loved Foxtrot. Um, I think a lot of For Better or For Worse went over my head, but I still liked it as a kid. Yeah, there was uh, Luann. Luann is also a very good one. So recently you worked as an editor at Webtoon. Is that right? Yes. Uh, I guess first for the audience, can you help us understand what a comic editor at Webtoon does? I know the role of editor, you're basically a Swiss army knife for a given publisher, and you can do a bunch of different things to help. But what did your role look like when you worked at Webtoon? It's very funny that you say Swiss army knife, because that's usually how I describe it as well. Um, Editors at Webtoon are involved in everything from picking projects and pitching them to helping, you know, writers uh, outline and and write out, you know, scripts to, you know, making sure the art, you know, moves from roughs to colors to letters. And then all the way at the end to working with the marketing team to find the best way to market to audiences. So we're really involved in every aspect of it. So do you mind walking us through a little bit about your individual career and how you went from someone that loved reading webtoons and comics growing up to someone that became an editor? Yeah, um, I didn't think I could become a comic artist. You know, when I was in high school, I had that whole crisis of like, well, I can't make a career out of art, so I'll do psychology. And then um, I was like, well, you know, maybe I can do art, but I can never do comics. So I decided to become a children's book illustrator. Um, yeah, that's so I got I have a, a BFA in illustration and visual communication. Um, but in my last year of college, I ended up making this 
17 page goofy comic for one of my classes. And I was really like, oh, you know what? I actually want to make comics as well as read them. And then I went, oh no, I don't know how to do that. So I went back to school. I went to SCAD and I got my master's degree in sequential arts. Um, I learned how to make comics. I learned that I wanted to edit comics more than I wanted to like make them make them. Can you um, uh, dive into that a little bit? Because I think most people read a comic and they're like, I want to make these. And it seems like within your journey, you found out pretty early, hey, editing is more for me. Yeah, um, I was, I found myself struggling a little bit in the beginning because I didn't have quite as much technical proficiency as some of my peers, which is, by the way, a really unfair, like, bias to give yourself. Don't ever compare yourself to other people that way. Um, but I was like, well, I, I like helping my friends. I like collaborating. Um, and then um, one day, Tanika Stotts, who uh, is a great uh, comics editor and has since moved into writing for animation, and she's incredible, um, came to SCAD and gave a talk about what it's like to be an editor. And I was listening to her, and I had this sort of aha moment where she's like, ping, that's what I want to do. You know, everything she was describing about being involved in the whole creative process, but helping being able to you know, being able to help shape stories as opposed to, you know, being on the front lines. I was like, ah, I, that, I want that. Um, and so I pivoted my master's degree focus to be from becoming a comics artist to a comics editor. And then I graduated and pretty shortly thereafter, I got hired at Webtoon. And how long did you end up working there? Three and a half years, I think. You talked about what makes someone a good editor a little bit. Can you dive into, you know, this is someone who really is a Swiss army knife. What are the things that you think make an incredible editor? An editor has to be at least familiar with every aspect of the comics. You know, as an editor, you have to understand writing. You have to understand pacing and layouts. You have to understand lettering. Um, you don't have to be an expert in anything, but you need to have an understanding of all of it you know jack of all trades master of none kind of deal but besides that you have to be an excellent communicator a lot of what an editor does is convincing other people to see things from a different perspective um you know you can't just walk in and be like hey this sucks you're gonna change it to this uh someone be like i no i'm leaving <laughs> So you have to learn how to open dialogue with people. That's one of the things that makes it so important for an editor is to be able to communicate. Yeah. So yeah. In addition to being the Swiss army knife of comics and understanding every aspect of it, you just have to be able to set a dialogue with your creators. So you guys can meet on an equal playing field and discuss. So how did you decide to work at Webtoon? What was the process like for you to get a job there? <laughs> Um, I'm gonna let you in on a secret. It's very hard to get hired in the comics industry through a publisher. <laughs> so when I graduated, I was applying everywhere. I, I knew about Webtoon. I loved Webtoon. I'd been reading Webtoon and I saw they had an opening for a comics editor position. And I was like, I don't think I'm qualified for that, but I'm going to apply anyways, because it's not a lot of people are hiring right now. 
And I applied and I ended up, they called me and they're like, hey, we want to offer you the associate position. And I was like, yeah, great. Love that. Awesome. I will be there as soon as you need me. As you mentioned, that's an incredible feat. What do you think they look for when they hire for new editors at Webtoon? It's definitely changed. You know, at the time, Webtoon was still relatively new to the U.S. This was 2017. Um, They had just broken in like a couple years before. Um, So at the time, they were just hiring people who knew comics, any comics, all comics. But now because Webtoon has grown so large and become so, you know, well known, now they're looking specifically for people who are familiar with Webtoons. So for me, you know, I had a master's degree. I had a portfolio of comics of my own. I knew the medium. I knew, you know, the history. I had the skills. They were like, great. Because, you know, at the time they were just like, we just need to build out a team of qualified editors to get us off the ground. And now they really do have the option of being a lot more choosy with the people that they want to hire. And, you know, having a working knowledge of Webtoon and Webtoons is a huge part of that. When you were there, which comics and artists did you get to work with? And what was that experience like? I worked with, uh, I worked on over 30 projects. I'm not going to list all of them for you. (laughs) Incredible. But I will give you basic, a list of like the, not the top 10, but just like 10 of them. So Blades of Furry is the last project I launched at Webtoon before I left. Very near and dear to my heart. Four Leaf. Airs Game, The House of Stars, Yuna and Kawachan, Third Shift Society, Plum, Lone, Seed, Little Matcha Girl. There's more. I, I'm just not, I look, again, I worked on a lot. That's quite a list. What was it like to hop on and work on so many different types of comics? Especially, they must have been at different stages as well. Yeah. I mean, so when I was brought on, I mostly took on projects from other editors who were maybe overloaded and trying to offload some of their work. So that was definitely a learning experience is taking the reins from someone who already had established like a rapport with a creator. You know, it was already, maybe the comic was already publishing. It was already like written. And I was just helping to project manage and like coach the creator through difficulties with, you know, pacing and art. Um, And then, of course, I got to start choosing my own projects pretty quickly, which Creek Road was the first project I ever chose. On that note, we chatted with Garth and Kanan last week. What was it like for you to work with them? Delightful. Uh, Garth is so funny. (laughs) So in the beginning, uh, you know, which Creek Road did exist on the Canvas side. I don't remember what it was called at the time. Whatever. It was on the free to upload side. Um, And so it existed in a format. But it was not a, the pacing was not right for success for Webtoon. So basically what happened was when I pulled them in, when I brought them on, Garth and I sat down and we sort of chopped up, I want to say. We cannibalized the existing material, really, um, to make the pacing a lot more tight. And then I went in with Kanan and I sort of um, helped. He had never worked vertically before. So a lot of my notes were these like really terrible like sketches of me trying to like help him understand what a panel composition might look like and then him turning out something absolutely gorgeous. (laughs) So you mentioned that the pacing was not quite right for Webtoon and you helped Kanan turn their comic into something vertical. Can you go a little bit deeper into what you mean by the pacing wasn't right? Was it just an issue of 
the layout itself, because it's not vertical, doesn't work for Webtoon? Or were there other things within the story itself that you wanted to change to make it more appealing for this audience? There were other things. Um, so there is, if you read the hardcover, the, the horizontal published version of Witch Creek Road, there is a chapter in there that is not in the Webtoon version called Sarah Repeated. And it's about, you know, the main character, Sarah. Well, she's not the main character, but she's one of the favorites. And it's about her daily life and her obsessiveness with how she looks and how she interacts with her peers. But it's so repetitive that it is very boring to read if it's vertical. I mean, if it's one page, it's a big grid. You can absorb it all at once. If you're scrolling, it gets very repetitive. So I actually ended up cutting that whole chapter out. Um, so that was one of the things pacing wise. I was like, this is not going to work for, you know, a weekly vertical uh, comic. We have to cut it out. He was like, okay, I will be adding it back in when we print it. I was like, that's fine. <laughs> um, so that was one of the things about pacing. It was just like, there were moments that I was like, this does not translate from horizontal to vertical. That makes a ton of sense. And you mentioned you worked with over 30 different artists. Is that right? So at yeah. a given time, how many artists would you be juggling between? It is different for every editor and their styles. For me, usually 20 projects I would be juggling, give or take. Sometimes a little less, sometimes a little more. That's a massive scale. I can't imagine doing 20 things in a week. So help us understand, you walk in as a editor at Webtoon, you have 20 projects. What does your week look like? And I'm sure it changes drastically from week to week, but again, there are 20 projects that you're responsible for. How do you think about juggling all of that? Well, it's not just the projects as well. You know, we have to be on the lookout for new projects. So I would come in in the morning, I would answer emails, and then I would spend an hour or so reading web comics and then scrolling through Canvas, reading other things before I even started my workday. I mean, actually, before I started working on those projects, that is part of my workday. Um, and then usually there was a schedule, you know, I am a hoarder of spreadsheets. So I would look at my thing and be like, Who's got what in progress? What do I need to be expecting today? Whose butt do I have to get on to get them to send me things, you know? Um, what do I already have that needs to be? So it's really just looking at my schedule, seeing in my spreadsheet who has what in progress, what needs feedback, what needs me to get them to prod them to send me things for feedback and working from there. I want to start by talking about the stories that you would read that's a part of your job. My guess is you're looking for what could be the next hit for Webtoon. Is that right? Yes. And uh, I'm all, I, would, I also read for pleasure. Yeah. There are a lot of things I read on Canvas and I'm like, this is never going to make an original, but I love it. So how would you identify which stories to give a deeper look? Was there data that you looked at or was it things that just caught your eye as a, as a fan of the work? Both. Um, it usually started with things that caught my eye as a fan of the work. I, I usually, a lot of my job is looking for, was looking for things that were a lot more niche. I didn't really do lots of like big blockbuster romance or action. I did a lot of like smaller kind of weirder things, um, you know, just to like branch out the other genres. Um, and so I was always looking for an innovative new take on an existing thing. Um, you know, for instance, Plum, a wild new take on the shonen genre, 
Like, he's not like a ninja going out to fight. He is a fruit stacker throwing fruit, but incredible execution. Things like that, you know, I would search for things that appeal to me and things that I was like, this is new. This is not something I have necessarily seen before. And then I would look at the data um, to see how, you know, the numbers were doing, if it had like, if it was growing and if it had an audience, if there wasn't enough data, sometimes we would have the Canvas team promote it. So we could see if people were clicking on it more, what that data would do. Were they clicking on it and then subscribing and reading? Were they clicking on it once and being like, eh, not for me and leaving? So that also went into it. And you also talked about your day-to-day of talking and working with different artists and providing them with feedback. And you talked about the importance of communication earlier and how editing is a lot of communication. What was your process of figuring out where you should help as an editor for each of these projects? What I do whenever I take on a new project um, is I sit down with the, you know, the creators or the creator, whoever the team is that I'm going to be working with. I sit down for a voice call or a video call and we just talk and that way I can sort of gauge where they're at and what they are expecting. You know, is this a person who's looking for a professional, very, you know, you know, specific relationship? Is this someone who is open to more of like a friendly relationship? Is this someone who needs a lot of guidance and is looking for more of a teacher? Um, So within the first 30 minutes of talking, that's something I need to pull out. And then from there, um, I ask them, you know, where do you think you need the most help? What is it that you are concerned about? Um, What do you want from an editor? That makes a ton of sense. What do you think are the biggest benefits of having an editor versus creating a comic solo? Clarity. There are so many things you cannot see because you are too close to the material. And a lot of people are very partial to things that don't need to be there. You know, like when I was working with Garth and I was like, we need to cut Sarah repeated. He really liked that chapter and it's a great chapter. It just didn't work. Um, And so that, you know, it's stuff like that. You need to have someone who has an objective eye looking at your work and helping you spot problem areas. When it's just you and just the work, you can just get so tunnel vision that it's just hard to see issues. So if you're an artist, a canvas artist that may not have an editor yet, what advice would you give someone so that they can get some of the benefits of having an editor, even if they're an earlier or smaller comic? Uh, I would say have your friends look over your stuff. Uh, I mean, even if they don't have expertise, they can still look at it and be like, hey, this text is too small. I can't read it. Or I'm not sure I understand what's happening here. Maybe they don't have the words to describe what it is about it that they're struggling with, but they can let you know like this doesn't work for some reason. And then you can go back and take a second look. This is a very difficult question, but what do you think, in your opinion, makes a comic really good? Art. If, if the passion is there, if the heart is there, then the technical skills don't matter as much. I mean, my number one thing is readability. A thing needs to be readable in terms of lettering, in terms of layout, in terms of pacing. I need to be able to understand what's happening. But that aside, 
I just need to see a person. We just need to see that you are passionate, that you are putting love into this. And, you know, readers will respond in kind. Like if you take a look at Nimona by Indy Stevenson, uh, when that first came out as a webcomic a million years ago, uh, the art kind of rough, pretty rough, I will say. But there is so much passion and heart and love that went into it that it inspired like a whole, you know, new generation of webcomic creators. I'd love to talk a bit more about what it was like to work at Webtoon, just because Webtoon has done an incredible job supporting so many different types of artists. So in terms of support for you as the editor, what sort of resources or teams were available to help you be better at your job or give you tools to help artists? Not a lot, I will say. There is not a lot. Uh, you called editors the unsung hero. And I think that is very true because editors are sort of their own advocates. They're the advocates for their creators. They're their own advocates. They're their own project managers. Um, they are doing a thousand things at any given time uh, that are not just about editorial. So what do you think the secret is for an editor to support so many different creators? Because it seems like you are the backbone in a lot of ways. And you mentioned yourself, you know, 20 projects, that's no small feat. So what do you think the secret is? Maybe it's just the, the grit of the edit team, but what was it like for you? Project management, project management skills, a thousand percent. The most important thing you can have, the most important skills that you can have as an editor after like understanding comics and maybe even at the same level is project management. You need to be able to juggle a thousand balls and make sure they're all hitting their deadlines. And as an editor, did you help artists think about their audience as well or think about growth of their audience? Because obviously we've talked a lot about how you think about the story, but I'd love to hear a little bit more about how you thought about audience. Absolutely. That's actually something that is discussed before a story is even brought on. You know, if an editor finds a story on canvas that they want to move to originals, they have to pitch it to the rest of the team first. Uh, you know, they have to stand up and they have to present it and they have to argue for why it should be moving forward. And at that time, that's a discussion that, you know, the editors have is what's the audience? What is the, what's the opportunity for growth? How, how much do people actually want this thing? So that's already something that's on an editor's mind when they bring on a project. And that's definitely a thing that they are going to discuss with the creator uh, when they're bringing on the project. You mentioned the importance of heart, but what did you look for when you selected someone to potentially be an original? I was looking for innovation, I will say. I was looking for a new take on an old you know, story, trying to think of an example. Uh, okay, you know, Little Matcha Girl, I will say, which I, it's a little different because I didn't find it through Canvas. I actually found it through the the big, the contest, I think from 2018. Um, but I saw it, it didn't win. And I saw it and I was like, that's awesome because it's like, oh, this young girl wants to go on a magical adventure. Uh, actually, she's a necromancer from a full family of necromancers and they regularly accidentally murder their grandparents. Like, what? And it was just so out there and so weird and something I had never seen before that I was like, I need to know more. And what do you think are the best and worst things about being an editor? I think the best thing is getting to 
see a project reach its full potential and, you know, sort of go out into the world as, you know, the best version of itself it can be. And you can look at that and be like, I helped do that. You know, that project is going to be amazing. And I got to be a part of making it amazing. Um, and that's really lovely and really fulfilling. I think the worst part is being so overworked all the time. <laughs> because, you know, editors are not just, you know, editing, they're project managing, they're talking to marketing, they're making sure everyone is, you know, on time, they're looking for new stuff at the same time. Um, there is so much happening behind the scenes that an editor is just has to do. There's no other person who's going to do it. And so they must. So you talked about talking to marketing and we've spent a lot of time talking about how editors support the artist, which is obviously a big component of the job. Who are the other teams that you worked with at Webtoon? Because there's so many things that Webtoon does really well. You mentioned marketing as one. I'm curious, maybe we can just start there. What are the types of things that you'd work uh, on with the marketing team? The first thing would be, you know, we talked to the marketing team about how best to represent the comic when it goes live. What do we think the main audience is? What do we think the main draw is? Who are the main characters? Um, so usually we sit down with marketing and we discuss all of this so they can take all of that information and make the best marketing plan. Because they don't have time to read every single thing. You know, it's the, up to the editor to come up to them and present the project and, and represent it in the most accurate way possible. Um, so that's a lot of it. A lot, it's also marketing materials for later. If marketing is like, hey, we need a new banner. And, uh, you know, they must be like, okay, do you have anything in mind? And they're like, I don't know, make it themed for summer. And it's like, okay. And then you have to go back to the creator and be like, hey, uh, we need to make a new banner for summer. So let's workshop that. So you'd work directly with the artist to create the promotional materials as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Were there other teams that you worked with outside of marketing? Every team, I will say. Uh, we worked with legal when we were onboarding creators. We worked with IP very briefly uh, when they wanted to, when we wanted to either pitch to them or they wanted to pitch to us about bringing a team on for uh, IP deals. You know, we worked with um, finance because we had to do payroll for our creators and make sure they got paid for their work. Um, so we were, we were kind of everywhere. In terms of goals for the edit team, was there a big goal that you all were marching towards or was it more of a sort of intuitive goal of just making sure that the artists that you're working with are moving along and producing great stories? Oh, there's always a, a, an overhead goal. Absolutely. Um, it changes depending on the needs of the company and what the market is like and, you know, what's going on internally and externally at any given moment. But in addition, yes. Yeah, so the main goal, like the goal of the editor obviously is to make the best stories uh, that they can, but it's also, there's also an overhead goal. You know, we need, you know, this story to be doing these numbers. We need this to be happening here. Um, you need to be looking for more sci-fi, you know, series. Um, so there's always other things, always other goals. You mentioned earlier that you were able to influence what Canvas uh, comics got promoted. Can you talk a little bit more about how you would think about which stories to feature, the role that editors would play in that? Um, not a lot. I will say there's a Canvas team and they do, they work really hard to sift through 
the you know thousands and thousands and thousands of things on Canvas and promote things that they feel um, you know can do really well with just you know a slight push. And you know editors will come to them and be like, hey, I am interested in the story. I want to see what kind of numbers it's going to do. Can you promote it? They'll be like, yeah, sure. We will work it into the schedule. But for the most part, that the Canvas team works their butt off um, to find and promote as many wonderful stories as they can. This mysterious Canvas team sounds very intriguing. So what types of folks would work on the Canvas team? Are they editors as well? Is it business people? Is there a mix? Not editors. Um, it's mostly like... Um, marketing almost these are people that spend hours just reading and then they find the things that not even the things that they like but the things they think that could just do well given the opportunity and there's so much that goes into the canvas team that not even I knew about because they were always working on something new because it's not just promoting things you know it's canvas community events and how to you know make like they would come up with like, you know, meetups and different ways to improve the community and communication and give them more opportunities. Like they were doing a thousand things at any given time that I have no idea about. Seems like a very interesting person that maybe we could uh, look into getting for a future pod. So thanks for sharing about that. Before we talk about the future, I really want to get your thoughts on the future of this industry. What advice would you have to someone who's looking to be a comic editor? read everything even if you don't necessarily like it read it because it's important to have that knowledge you need to know what is going on all the time what are the biggest trends what is not doing well what's new and kind of weird but you should look at it um you just you have to read and read and read and that knowledge even if you don't think that you know you're learning you are you're you you're developing an eye you're developing an understanding of the language so looking ahead to the future what do you think the future of the comics industry holds i'm so excited uh, i know listeners cannot see my face <laughs> but, um, <laughs> big grin i love comics i love how quickly the industry is transforming you know, doors, web comics are opening so many doors for so many new and innovative stories to be told for creators who wouldn't otherwise, you know, ordinarily get to shoot their shot to be able to put their voices out there. Um, every year, it is lowering the threshold to enter the comics industry. And that's so important. Accessibility is so important. And the future of comics could go anywhere, man. I mean, like, 20 years ago, did we think the MCU would be a thing? No. You know, when Webtoon came to the US in 2014, did, could anyone have predicted it would end up like this? Not at all. So I am sort of just happy just to be taken on the ride. Where it is going next, I have no idea, but I cannot wait to see it. So where would you want to see things go? Maybe, I mean, like you said, there it's so open-ended, which is really exciting. But where do you want to see things change or more of this? I think a lot of comic creators right now are forced to meet really unrealistic deadlines. They're forced to live up to standards and deadlines that are not feasible. And 
creators are working themselves into burnout or physical injury. What I would like to see is a place where comics can be made with love, with thought, but in the amount of time that is healthy for someone to make that. I wanna see people who are still struggling to be heard, marginalized voices, you know, people of color who don't have the, they don't have the opportunity to just sit down and make things because they have a lot of other things happening. Uh, the privilege, they don't have the privilege of getting to just sit down and focus on comics. I want to see those voices be able to bring forth all of the stories that they have to tell. The future of comics that I want is one where people can safely and healthily tell all of the amazing stories that we are not getting to hear right now. And what sort of role do you think editors should play in the future? I would, I think we are, and we need to continue to be advocates, finding those people who have those stories to tell and making sure they have a platform to tell it and in a healthy enough way to tell it, advocating for creators' rights. Um, even when you've already advocated and brought a creator on board, advocating for their rights to you know, not work themselves to death is so important. If you don't mind us asking, what do you think the future holds for you? I'm working on some very cool things right now. I can't really talk about any of them, but uh, you will see more things from me very soon in comics. We are very, very excited. Is there any tease? Maybe it's a word. Maybe it's just a noise. Is there any tease that you can give us of what this might be? Graphic novel. Very exciting. The minute that happens, we will all be clamoring to read and partake in your next work. We are so excited for you. And like you said, the listener cannot see your face, but you are glowing right now. And I'm, I'm so happy <laughs> for you. So that's amazing. Before we close, I'd love to go through our rapid fire round. We have five questions. Yeah. Are you ready? Yes. Which fictional character best describes your personality? Gideon from Gideon the Ninth. <laughs> Big himbo energy loves puns. <laughs> what are the three webtoons that you would take on a desert island? To read or to like keep me company as like characters? To read. Um, Edith, Air's Game, and Yuna and Kawa-chan. If you could pick any, which manga or webtoon creator, can be comic creator in general, would you want to have dinner with and why? Rumiko Takahashi. She is a master of the craft and a genius. And her manga was some of the first I ever started reading. Ranma Half was one of the first things I ever picked up off the shelf. She has such a massive catalog of work and she is such a master of the medium. What's your favorite scene from any webtoon or comic that pops into your mind? I think the first skate battle in Blades of Furry um, because that was very fun to workshop and work on with Day and Emily, the creators. It was something new that uh, I had never seen before that I don't think anyone had ever seen before. Um, and so I think that's always gonna have a really special place in my heart. Finally, if you could have dinner with one fictional character, who would it be? Alana the Lioness from Tamara Pierce's Tortal um, universe. I will say, Dana, you handled that rapid fire round with incredible grace. So props for making it through the gauntlet. 
I did look at those questions beforehand and write myself notes. Perfect. Well, you, you handled it very well. Listener, we will keep you posted on what Dana's next work is. Um, but Dana, thank you so much for taking some time and I hope you have a great rest of your day. Absolutely. You too. It's a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you for joining us today. If you have any feedback or want to be featured as our next guest, please write to us at pixelsandpanelspod at gmail.com. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to subscribe, like, or give us a five-star rating. See you all next week.